Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. We reiterate, ladies, get registered. It's going to be a phenomenal time. I have been eavesdropping on Pastor Ashley's study times and what she's going to be teaching on, Psalm 23. It's going to be phenomenal. I really believe that you're going to hear something that maybe you've never heard before. She, uh, this is a passage of scripture that she's very, very passionate about. Uh, and uh, over the course of our uh, marriage, it's something that she consistently uh, likes to talk about. So, so, so get signed up. Hey, you know what? I mentioned it during our prayer. This has been a tough week in America, specifically the Northwest with these fires and and the devastation, it's, it's been hard. I, I'm not going to glaze over it or, or be tone deaf on this matter. I know it's been very difficult. And I just thank God that it looks like the weather is going to be changing here and, and there's going to be some rain. So thank you, Lord, for that. And we've been praying uh, for the devastation. I, 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 just, I just want you to know that, that we're going to be doing everything we can as the local church to be, to be reaching out to those that have lost so much. And so if, if, you, if you're connect, if you're one of those people, first of all, or you're connected to somebody who's, who's uh, this is affected very, in a very personal way, please reach out. Please let us know. We want to be uh, the hands and feet of Jesus through the local church. And so there, there was, that was kind of the deal. And with 9-11 and all those memories coming back. And then, man, so many of us across uh, Pierce County, <laughs> this Northwest region, our, our kids have gone back to school, right? And let me, let me just tell you, uh, last Sunday I mentioned Pastor Ashley and I were kind of, you know, I guess dealing with a little anxiety because our uh, local public elementary school where our children attend uh, is 100% uh, online. And so I got to tell you, uh, last weekend, <laughs> the, the, the hours and the minutes leading up uh, to the first day, I got to tell you, were, there were some tears, right? There, there, was, there was some fear there. My, my nine-year-old daughter, Izzy, man, she's just a trooper. I mean, she, she, uh, she, she's been handling it so well, but I, I could tell that she was dealing with it. Our little Fulton, who was going into kindergarten, man, he, I don't know, I don't really know if he knows what's going on, but, you know, it, it was just, it was a lot. In fact, yesterday, I was here at the, at the Church for All Nations food pantry, and I, and I walked into the pantry, and I saw one of my brothers, Mark Wilson, he might be watching right now, and there he was early in the morning, and he was stocking shells, and I walked up to him, like, hey, bro, how you doing? He had a you know, pull the mask down and smile and says, I'm, I'm hanging in there. But man, our kids started school and, and it's tricky. And he, he, he wasn't complaining whatsoever. He was just saying, man, this is all very new and, and we're trying to figure this out. And I was like, I'm with you. And we kind of did it like an air chest bump because we really can't, you know, touch right now. But, but I, I get it. Like, we're, we're, there's so many families that are connected here at Church for All Nations and we're all kind of walking through this season. But you know what we found out? Pastor Ashley and myself, and if you're watching right now, you, maybe you can agree with me, that by about Wednesday, maybe it was even Thursday, as we kind of began to figure out how to log on to the, to the, to the school uh, content through the internet and through the laptop, the Chromebook that the school issued out to us, that as we begin to kind of figure out what that looks like and, and trying to be, you know, full-time pastors, but at the same time, full-time uh, elementary school teachers as well. You know what happened? The anxiety, <laughs> uh, the fear, some of the uncertainty that, that began to suppress. And we, we kind of looked at each other about Friday morning and said, all right, we got this. Like, we're like we, can, we can do this. There, there's, there's something inside. We can do this. And so I say all that to you, my friend watching right now. You, you can do it. I, I believe you can do it. And, and part of this is that we're all walking through something during this time. If you're a parent, maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you're a student and, and you haven't been able to fully engage back into university like you had expected to when you were a ninth grader in high school. All these expectations, you know what I'm saying? And and so you're upset about that. Or, or maybe you're on a whole nother level where you're dealing with a loved one 
who's dealing with a, a, a COVID-19 case or a sickness, or can, we have people that are in our church that are dealing with cancer. And, and so we're all kind of, we're all walking through some, some tricky stuff during this season. And you know, the question that I've been getting a lot lately, especially in the role that I'm in, is, JF, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. I love God. And this is a weird season. My whole life has been thrown off, just like yours, just like everybody else's. The question I have for you, what am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> like, 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 what am, how, how am I supposed to be living right now? I mean, like on a very practical level, what, what does it look like? The traditional way that we are used to has been thrown off. And like, I want, I want to do what the Lord wants me to do. But can, can you coach me through that? Even more so, Jeff, like, what does it look like to really represent Jesus during this season? You know, I've been talking with our team on a, on a more personal level, my wife and I, in our private moments, we've been talking like, hey, the reality is right now during this season, man, we have an opportunity to reach people for Christ in a new way. And so with that reality, we understand that the world, if you will, or unbelievers, if you will, are tuned in and they're, they're, they're I believe, they're, they're watching the church on a much deeper level and seeing how we respond through this crisis that we're in. And so if the eyes are on Jesus's church, I'm not just talking about our local church for all nations. I'm talking about Jesus's church. He has one church. If the eyes of unbelievers are watching, man, I want, I want his light to shine through me. And so pastor, what, what does that look like? And, and just for a couple of minutes here, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how do we respond, react? How, how do we carry ourselves? If, if we are labeled Jesus follower, what, what, I mean, what does it really look like specifically really during the season? And, and, and scripture is clear about it. In fact, just for a couple of minutes here, I want to, I want to uh, show you a couple of illustrations. I want to give you two symbols, if you will, that we can reflect on during this season that will remind us of what Jesus has called us to regardless of our gifts, re re regardless of our talents, regardless of our roles. What does it look like to really reflect him? And I, I've got two symbols that I want to use right now. And the first one, if you're taking notes, just write this word these two words down, the gongs. Write that down. Two pictures to remind us of what Jesus is calling us to, the gongs. In fact, I've got one right here. I'll get to that here in a moment. You know, my wife and I, we have date nights. You, you know, uh, husbands in the house, you know what I'm talking about? Watch it online, date nights. And I can remember a few years ago, uh, <clears throat> it was, we, uh, you know, and our, our date nights aren't like scheduled. This is the way it's got, you know, we, we have, we've got kids and, and responsibilities. And so it kind of, you know, it, it, it ebb and flows, if you will. But, but we're, we're consistent with it. And I remember, I remember that uh, there was a date night on the horizon, right? And it was, it was for a Friday night. And, you know, I love date nights, but I got to be honest, I also like the UFC, any, any, anyone out there? Like, I love date nights, and I love my wife, but I also like Conor McGregor, okay? And so uh, I remember that uh, there was a loose date night on the schedule. We hadn't confirmed anything. In fact, I kind of was hoping that maybe she had forgotten about it. You know what I mean? Why? Because it was a title match with Conor McGregor go, going for the, for the deal, he, he was going to, you know, the Irishman, you know what I'm talking about? You know, he's got that, you know, that whole thing. And I just, I think that's, that's just like an old school vibe. And I just, I think he's crazy and, and, and all of it. But man, when he gets in the ring, it's, it's entertaining. So I was like, man, that fight. And in fact, I knew about the sports bar down the street, the bar and grill, that was, was playing it for free. 
And, and all I had to do was go there and just order a meal and sit at a table and it would be on. And so I thought to myself, I got this lit loose date night, UFC fight. How can, you know what I'm talking about? Like, how can I, do you know what I mean? Because she's, she's not into any of that stuff, okay? And I'm just kind of, okay. And so you know what I did? Because I love her so much, I devised a plan. And so I came to her and I said, Ash, I, I don't know if you remember, but, you know, I, I, I planned a date night uh, for this Friday. And, be, you know, I love you so much. And I just, oh, you're the greatest. And I just, I want to treat you. I, I want to take you out and you're going to get, you're, you order whatever you want. I just love you so much. <laughs> oh, it's going to be awesome, right? And she's like, really? Oh, my God. And she, okay. Well, and I said, it's going to be good. And I was like, and I, you know, kind of did this thing, right? Well, we got, she got all done up and, and we got in the car and we drove, not to Stanley and Seaforts. We drove to the Applebee's down the street. And we rolled up in there, and, and I was like, it's going to be awesome. Maybe it wasn't Apple. It was some kind of a, you know, a sports bar, bar and grill kind of place. And, and I kind of felt her kind of, oh, okay, sports bar thing. Okay, right. And I remember, we, oh, this is going to be, I love you so much. And you know that, don't you? I mean, I, I, you know, I love you. And, and we walked in there, and I, and I said, just a second here, and I slipped over to the, and I told the, the, the gal at the front, uh, I, I want that table where the TV's like that, right? And I can remember we went over there and I, and I had my back to the table, like in the corner, and she sat down and we're kind of talking and all of a sudden, you know, I'm, don't, don't raise your hand, but there was that, that TV up in the corner and all of a sudden I see Connor kind of come through the ring and I was, yeah, right? And I started, I don't know, I know no one else has done this, but I, I started kind of I was doing that whole thing, right? And she's like, what are you, and I was like, oh, no, but you know, it's just, uh, and I'm like, whoa, what are you screaming? Oh, nothing. I mean, and, and then fi finally she caught on. And she's like, what, what is going, and she, 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 what? Wait a second here. I didn't, wait a second here. And I'm like, what, what? I, I thought, this is like, and I started doing that whole thing and started trying to come up, and went, but it's McGregor. I mean, well, this is awesome, and you can get the wings and then whatever you want. I mean, get a steak and whatever. Kill him, right? And I remember, like, like all, it, it didn't get any better, right? Just the tension was rising to the point where she was so upset, she was like, we're out of here, right? And you know what? We had to leave because she's in charge, and you know what? I, I, she's down in the front row like, what? Okay. We had to leave, and you know what? I didn't find out who won that fight that night. I didn't get to stay and watch the whole fight. But let me tell you, the whole way home, we had a fight ourselves. You know what I'm talking about? And praise the Lord, she has grace, and, I, and, we, and we made up, and for, we for, she forgave me, and I said, I'm sorry. But man, we, we do this from time to time, right? We say, we love you. But we end up expressing it in a way where we have our own motives, our own agenda connected to it. And, you know, so there's me. I'm vulnerable. I'm guilty of it myself. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of believers. There's a lot of followers of Jesus that there's a temptation there where, 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 where we say, we, we say we love you, or, 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 or we do something good for somebody else. We serve somebody else, but we do it for all the wrong reasons. We have selfish motives. I'm telling you, we're all broken. We all make mistakes. And this humanity can creep up inside of us where we're, we're acting out, and everyone around us goes, wow, what a kind act. What a nice thing he did. But really, it was done in a way that didn't didn't represent the Lord. There was no love in it. And in fact, Scripture is very clear about this. If you go to the text, my text for this thought comes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And, you know, Paul is writing 1 Corinthians. And he says that if you don't operate from the premise of love, 
then it's the opposite of what God desires. And so he's writing about love in this chapter, and he starts by saying, look, you can operate in the most incredible earthly gifts. You you can even operate in, in, in spiritual gifts. This is what he's saying here. But if you don't do it out of love, it will be annoying, it'll be obnoxious, and honestly, it'll be repulsive. And I didn't say that. This is what the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians. Look what it says here. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I don't have love, I am a re- I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all, all mysteries, all knowledge. Now watch this. And if I have faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, give over my body to hardships that I may boast, but I don't have love, I gain, I gain nothing. Now, now this, this is a poignant thought that he gives, that you can have spiritual gifts, you can have a PhD in theology, you can have all the talent, you can even have heard from God and all of these different things and read the books and all this stuff, but whatever you're about to do, the way you're about to react, the way you're about to respond, the way you're about to preach, the way you're about to prophecy, if it's not from the premise of a foundation of love, I didn't say it, Paul said it, it is nothing, right? Now let's look at the top again. We'll go back to uh, the very first word. He says, if I speak in the, in the tongues of men or of angels, but if I don't have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbals. And one of the things that I've recognized over the course of the last, I don't know, six months or so, as we've been walking through this pandemic, that there's a lot of people right now that are doing things out of motives that are not love. And, and let, me, let, me, let me just show you uh, what I'm talking about here. I, uh, I brought this gong from my man cave. Kidding, uh, a friend, let, it, let us borrow it. But, but, you know, I was thinking about this, just this little picture here, you know. I was thinking about, you know, that person, you know. You know, he's like, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a believer. In fact, you can go on my Facebook page. Under my profile, it actually says Jesus freak, right? Like, like we, like people, all of my Facebook friends know this, that I'm, that I'm a believer, right? And so uh, last week, I, on my timeline on Facebook, I posted a passage of scripture and then I, I cut, I, I, I copied and pasted a Joel Osteen quote. I put it right underneath that passage of scripture. And then I watched it all week long. And you know what? To my amazement, I only got three likes. Only three likes. Only three likes for promoting God's word. Okay. Um, you know, at my work, you know, I, I work in a, an office and everyone in the office knows that I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I'm a Jesus follower. I've let them all know. I mean, I, I'm preaching the gospel constantly in the office there and in the break room. I ask them, everyone to be quiet so I can present the gospel. And, and all of a sudden, you know, I, 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 everyone knows that I, you know, because of that, I don't appreciate foul language. Okay. Everybody knows that. And Larry, who sits in the cubicle next to me, you know, he's got kind of a potty mouth, if you will. And so I just felt like, you know what, I'm a, you know what, I felt like I would leave him a little sticky post-it note. And so I wrote on there, Larry, I'm a Christian and I don't appreciate your foul language. And I stuck it right on there. And did you know what? I heard Larry at, in the same day in the break room, Use a bad word. Oh, I couldn't believe it. Right? You know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Christian, right? And I'm a student. And, and, and you know what? Like for, for two full weeks, I wore my T-shirt, turn 
or burn all over my campus. And you know what? After three weeks, no one had turned. Right? Now, now I'm being ridiculous right now. But, but this picture can play out in every arena if we're not careful and believer right now. I'm, spe- I'm not pointing, I'm pointing to myself right now. Jesus follower, you got to hear me out. We are in a season right now that before we react, before we respond, before we preach, before we lead worship, before we prophesy, we have to stop and ask the Holy Spirit, am I about to present something from a premise, a foundation of love, or is it simply just selfishness and self-gain? That is the question that I wake up every morning. And let me tell you, not every morning because I'm broken and I make mistakes and I fall into this trap. But in this season, Jesus is calling his, calling his, his, his representatives to, to serve, to lead, to love from a real legitimate place, foundation. Of love. In fact, Jesus mentions this in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. It says, Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your, look at this, your own, your own way. He, he says, listen, this, this is the requirement. You've got to give up your own way. Take up your cross daily, right? This is, a, this is a, every morning. This is kind of like, all right, I'm going to lay it down. I'm not going to do things my way. I'm going to do it his way. Daily, right? And follow, and follow me. And friends, I look around, and I see some followers of Jesus, good people, that are defaulting back to their, to their own ways, right? And, and I don't say that in judgment. I don't say that in condemnation. I say that in encouragement. Like, like this is a wake-up call that any area of my life where I catch myself defaulting back to the way I used to do things or what makes me feel good or my preferences or we're going to forge through because I've got an eye, man, Lord, I got to humble myself and say, Holy Spirit, I pray right now. I want to do it your way. Would you speak to me? Would, I be, would you infuse me with your information and your humility? So always remember the gongs. Second picture I want, to remember, I want you to remember when you're in a moment where you're wondering, what should I be doing? Because we all have them. I'm a Jesus representative. What do we do now. What, what do I do now? You got to remember the gongs. Are you acting in love? Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If it, if it isn't bathed in love, it doesn't matter, period. Here's the second picture, and this is the last picture, and that is, that is the grime. So you have the gongs, the grime, and I'll, and I'll end with this point here. Man, pandemic. All of our kids have been at home. I tell you what, it's been crazy. And uh, I don't know, it was probably a month ago or so. And uh, one of those hot, hot days, you know, and, and my two little kids, and I think they even had some friends over that day. And we have one of those Walmart inflatable things and the hoses are going and, the, and my yard is just, tr- I'm sitting there, my, my poor yard is being destroyed. You know, they're just, they're just mud, you know what I'm talking? You're just like, okay, I'll deal with that in five years. You know what I'm talking about? Let's just be real here. And it's just like this sloppy summer, you know, uh, 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 wet summer hot day where kids are just, and it was, it was, they had a blast and they were out there all day and, and they had a good time. And I remember it was close to, to have dinner, time for our family to have dinner. And so I, I, called, I called the kids up, Izzy, Fulton, come on, we're going we're gonna to have dinner, right? And uh, so they all, you know, they come and they got, you know, and they're, they're running, and, and all of a sudden they, they come around the corner, and I'm not, I'm not kidding, their feet were just covered 
in grind. You know what I'm talking about? Like mud. Uh, let's just, can I, can, I get, can I gross you out for a second? You know, we have two dogs, and that morning I, I forgot to clean up after them. You know what I'm talking about? And so they, they I mean, there was, it was just all, it was just, you know, just disgusting. You know what I mean? And they were like, they, they had this like, like they were going to blast through, you know, Mike, and, and just destroy my, and I said, no, right? And they like, you know, and they're just, I mean, it was just disgusting, man. It was like, and it had dried throughout the day. It was like caked on their, on their feet where you could like chip it off. Like I needed to get a, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, what I'm, t- I don't, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, you know, construction. I don't even know what I'm doing right now, but you know what I mean? Like just get the chisel there. You got, you know, but, but and it was just caked on and, they're, ah, and I'm like, no. And I kind of like, wrangled them both. And they're like, you know, kids, you feed her and the, and, and their feet kind of swung by my face and it like hit my, ch- I was like, ah, yeah, you're kicked out of my family. You know, he's like, like, well, there's stuff in my, it was just like, blah, and I got Fulton down, and he thinks it's fun, you know, so I'm like wrestling, and there's, there's brown stuff flying into my, oh, the whole thing, I'm like, ah, and, uh, uh, I start doing that, you know what I'm talking, the whole thing, right, and I literally, I just got like, I pinned him down, and I got the water, I'm like, Ash, Ash, the water, hose. and she came, I need the water hose, turn it, and, I, and I'm full on like, like Tommy Boy style, like right, you know, just, I may have dated myself with that movie, but just spraying them with, with the hose, right? And I, and I, and I wash, I get, I get all of that. I get all that grime off of their feet. And it was legit grime and it was nasty, you know? But you know what? Jesus dealt with this in his day. In fact, Jesus used this exact picture to unpack to his disciples exactly, exactly what it looks like to do his will. He, he, used, he used this word grime. John 13, starting in verse 1. Let me give you a little bit of context, and then I want to read it, and then I want to show you one more illustration, and then we're going to pray. The context is it's leading up. This is within 24 hours of Jesus. He's about to be mutilated, shamed, isolated, betrayed, and then murdered. And within this 24-hour period, you talk about being inconvenienced. You talk about about laying down uh, uh, rights and will and, and, and all of this stuff. He submitted himself over to allow this to happen to him. And with all of that, less than 24 hours before his execution, He felt so compelled to give one last teaching to his disciples. One last piece of gold, one last nugget, knowing where he was about to go, knowing that his disciples were about to witness their leader go through through the worst thing that could ever happen to anybody. In the midst of all of that, with that knowledge, he knew that the picture, the lesson, the teaching, the illustration, the symbol that he was about to deliver his disciples was going to be the thing that not only sustained them on their assignment that they were going to be about to that they were about to walk into, right? But it was also going to point those that were listening and watching them to Jesus. So with all that context, let me read the passage, John 13. Starting in verse 1. Scripture says it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his, his own who were in the world, underline this, he loved them to the end. Let me stop right there. It always, always, always is about love first. So he says he he loved them to the end. Verse 2, the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Now don't miss this part. Verse 3, Jesus knew that, number one, the Father had put all things under his power and, number two, that he had come from God and, number three, he was returning to God. Now, don't, don't miss those three components right here. 
What is scripture saying? It's so imperative that we understand and apply these three components to what Jesus says right here. Because if you want to live the life that Jesus is calling you to, my brother, if you want to live out what he truly wants for you, my sister, you're going to have to understand these three components. And let me say them again. Number one, and that is that the Father put all things under his power. And you can include yourself in that. And our power. Not because of anything we did, but because of everything Jesus did for us on the cross. Meaning Jesus has already conquered sin and hell and death. So now we don't have to strive for acceptance. We don't have to pay for our salvation. He did it all. And because of what he did, the scripture says that his power, the same power that, that, that goes on to raise Christ from the dead, we have access to. And so that's the first component, follower of Jesus. You have to understand that the heavenly father has granted you access to his power. The second thought there, that he... And because of he and what he did for us, and we came from God. Write that down. That he, and because of what he did, not what we, but we did. Now we, we came from God. What does that mean? It means that God is our father. We are his children here on earth on mission for a purpose. And if you don't understand that, you can't possibly live and walk out all of the things that he has desired for you. And that last component, that third thought that Jesus gives, that number three, he is and we are returning, returning to God. Now, th this is the one right here. This is the one because Scripture is clear that we're all going to stand before God one day. That's just, that's the way it's going to go. We're going to stand before God one day and without that understanding, we're far more tempted to live the life that our flesh wants to. Without that understanding that one day, Jeff, you're going to stand before God. You're going to have to give an account for your life and what you did. And if I don't fully embrace that, I'm that much more tempted to live a selfish life, a fleshly life a life that is all about what I think and what I desire, and it pushes out his assignment for me as well as all of us. I want to call my friend Angelo Lumpkin up to the stage here. This is my brother, Angelo, and, and, and if you're a part of this church, you really, you can't miss him because he's the first, he is the first uh, person, for the most part, uh, that you see when you walk through the doors because he's one of our faithful servant leaders. He leads uh, uh, in our ushering team. And it's just, he, he has been here. Sir, how long have you been here uh, in, in a serving component, bro? Uh, 20 years here, uh, roughly 15 serving. Yeah, 20 years, 15 years of service. And, and so, I, bro, I just want to say how much I appreciate you. You, you and I have had some, some beautiful conversations We've prayed together. You've shared part of your story and your life and your love for people. And what I love about you, bro, is that you don't just say it, you live it out. And I appreciate your phone calls and your text messages. And, and it's a beautiful thing. And so many people watching right now, they're like, hey, put in the chat right now. We love, we love Angelo. But, you know, I was, I was, you know, I just shared that story of my kids and the mud and the grime on their feet. And, you know, I was even thinking about that this week. I was, I was thinking about this moment in John where Jesus is trying to symbolize, he's trying to illustrate how he wants his disciples to walk out their lives and their ministry and their calling. And before Jesus gives his life to the world, he does this very symbolic act. And I was even thinking about it today, uh, throughout this week, you know, I, uh, I want to do something for my brother here uh, to illustrate what Jesus did for his disciples. Now, come on, bro, I, I know you don't always do this, and I know you don't always have guys 
taken off your shoes like this, right? And these are some nice shoes, by the way. I mean, like, look at Angela. He's always dressed really good. And I'm always like, man, you look good, bro. And so he's, he's got these great shoes. And I'm going to go ahead and t look at these. I mean, even the socks are cool. I mean, it's got the stripe on the side here. And, and those, are, those aren't gym socks. You know what I mean? Like, those are nice business socks. So, so I'm going to go ahead and take those off too, bro, for you right here. And take those off. And let me get that other one for you there. All right, my brother. Take this one off. And, you know, I was thinking about it this week. Jesus does this to Peter, his disciples. And I was thinking about in Jesus' day, in that ancient world, in that Jewish tradition, you know, the people in the ancient world, they didn't get to wear nice shoes like this. They didn't, they didn't have access to anything like this. They didn't, they didn't have nice socks. In fact, they wore, they wore sandals, right? They wore sandals and if they could even have, if they even had access to sandals, you know. And Jesus wants to illustrate to his disciples, and whenever you're speaking to his disciples, you can insert your name in there, because if you're a follower of Jesus, we're all his disciples, and what he said to his disciples applies, applies to us. And, and so Jesus gets down on his knees like this, and very symbolically, intentionally, he, he humbles himself and he shows to his disciples what, what he wants for them, how he wants them to live out. You know, I don't want you to miss this point about the sandals because in Jesus' day, when they wore those sandals, bro, and they walked that desert ground, the dirt, the sweat, the humidity, the water that would mix with the dirt and get up on them. And, and when they'd walk through the streets of Jerusalem or wherever they were at in those ancient cities and there was animals and they would get the, the animal excrements on their feet and, and, and over the, you know, during the hot sun, it would, it would cake and dry to their feet and and they'd walk through the streets there and whatever the vendors were selling, right, it would slosh out on the street. Maybe that would mix with that and animal excrements and all of the stuff and dirt. They were filthy. In fact, it wasn't only an actual physical dirty foot, but in that ancient Jewish tradition, you were, your, your feet were deemed unclean. It was, a, it was this, 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 you never got close to another person's feet for so, for so many many reasons. I don't, I don't want you to miss this. Because as those people walked those streets and through the desert, they accumulated the filth to their feet. It would build up. And as they walked through, as they walked along, that stuff would build up on their feet. But that's not just it. The illustration that Jesus wanted to also show in this act of selflessness and humility, he wanted his disciples to understand that just like the physical dirt and filth that accumulated on their feet, it was a symbol also of all of the pain, the hurt, the abuse, maybe the unforgiveness, the bitterness that each and every one of them had accumulated to their lives. And so Jesus, watch this, bro. So Jesus, he under understands that in that moment. He had just said those three things. He understood that he had the power of his father inside of him. He, he, he understood right? That he came from the heavenly father. And that third thought, he knew that he was going back, right? He understood that and he wanted to transfer that reality to every one of his disciples, including you. And so symbolically, Jesus gets down right before he's about to die so that this moment would resonate with his disciples 
forevermore. He was saying, brothers, sisters, JF, Jordan, Ashley, Amber, David, are you willing to humble yourself? Are you willing to move away your selfishness, your preferences? Are you willing to get down in a very symbolic way? For some of us, it's a physical way. But, but really a very spiritual way, the way we approach what he's called us to do, to point people to him. Are you willing to get in the dirt and the pain and the filth and the grime that your brother or sister has walked through? James talk calls it wa- uh, carrying someone's burdens. Yeah. So he gets down and then watch what the scripture says, bro. Look at this. He goes on to say in John chapter 13, he says, so he got up from the meal He took out his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. In that moment, Jesus takes the posture of a servant. And he takes his disciples' foot. He lifts it. And he begins to pour water over that dirty foot. He takes the posture of what it looks like to truly represent him. And, and, he, and he took the towel and, and, he, and he washed his, his disciples' dirty foot. And, 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 and it was a symbol of how he wanted all of his disciples, then and future generations, to, appra- to approach his gospel, to approach the church to approach every person that they came in contact with. This was the picture right here. Jesus was saying, are you willing to get in your brother and sister's pain and hurt and fear and secrets? And are you willing to wash their feet? Knowing, knowing that you have access to his power. Give me your other one, brother. You have access to the heavenly father. Come on now. You have access to the heavenly father's power, not because of what you did, not because of what granny did, but because of what Jesus did. And you are his child. You are the daughter of Zion. You are a son of the living king. I want you to know right now, and it doesn't stop there. We're going back to him. We're going home one day. And because of that, because of that reality, we carry ourselves different on this earth. These are kingdom principles, Jesus principles. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's about him. He gets all the glory. He's doing something. But it requires JF to get out of the way. Right? But look what happens here. And I close with this thought and then we'll pray. As you can imagine, Angelo, by the way, I thank you for doing that. That might, for me, that would have been a little uncomfortable, right? And maybe that was for you. In fact, it was uncomfortable, uncomfortable for the disciples. Look at the passage of Scripture, and then we'll pray. He says, he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, whoa, Lord, Lord, uh, you know, Peter's all fired up all the time. Are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't realize now that what I'm doing, but later you will understand. What he was saying there is you'll understand that this is a symbol for how I want you to live for me. That's what he was saying right there. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Why did he say that? Well, because it's really uncomfortable. This isn't a natural response for somebody wanting to walk alongside you to get into your grime, to get into the filth that you walked through. That's not a natural response. So Peter says, ah. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Unless you understand that this is what I'm calling you to, this is how you will point people to me, period. And if you don't let me do this, you will never be able to walk in everything I have for you. Look at verse 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. 
Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. That is what he's called, that's what he's called us to do, my friend. That's what he's called us to do. It's clear. He lived it out. The gongs. During this season, do good. Serve one another. Carry your brother and sister's burdens. But do it from a place of sincere, humble, selfless love that only comes from the Father. The grime, are you willing to get the dirt of your neighbor on your hands, maybe even on your face? Are you willing to carry your sister's burdens right now? Are you willing to lay down your preferences, your inconveniences, your opinions, and redirect that energy into service for others? This is how we point the world to Jesus through this right here. Come on, brother, bless you, man. Thank you for allowing me to illustrate this. Love you, man. Come on, wherever you're watching right now, let me just pray for you. I know I've gone a little bit long here, and I'm going to end right now. In Jesus' name, you're watching. You say, Pastor, uh, I'm not even a believer. I'm not even a follower of Christ. But right now, after seeing what Jesus came to teach and do, right now, I, I sense something inside of me. My friend, right now, that's, that's the Holy Spirit working on your heart. This, this is... This is a moment right now, and maybe you say, I want, I want that. I want what you're talking about. You don't have to live here in Tacoma. Maybe you're watching from Atlanta or somewhere else, wherever you're at, hotel room, watching on your phone. Right now, you say, I want that. I want that. Just say, Lord, come into my life. I believe in you. I say yes to you in Jesus' name. I give you my life. I want to walk with you. I want to surrender. I want to surrender. And then one more person that's watching, maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I, I, I've missed it a little bit. Just like you, because I'm, me too, I've, I miss it from time to time. I'm a broken man. You say, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you on that. Pastor, would you pray for me that I feel like I, I, I truly feel like I, I want to do what the Lord's calling me to do, but I catch myself doing those things from a, from a place of maybe selfishness or a, a place that's not bathed in love, a place that a place that really speaks to more of my own motives versus what He wants. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me that I would quiet myself even this afternoon Repent of just anything inside of me that doesn't, doesn't resemble really, really what the word says. Sometimes we distort. Sometimes we twist. Some, sometimes we take the Holy Scriptures and we make them work for what we're trying to do or say. And that's, that's just not right. And so maybe, maybe you've fallen into that trap before. You say, pray for me, pastor. I, I, want, to, I want to look like Jesus the grime I'm willing to, I'm willing to lay down my will to really, really me. Not, not, not just the people in my circle. Like, I'm willing to get outside my circle. I'm willing to humble myself. I'm willing to listen to somebody else that maybe sees life different than me, that's walking through something else that doesn't look like mine, that doesn't agree with the way I look at the world, the way I see our, all of these different things. But I'd be willing to look more and more like Jesus, to be able to very symbolically get down on my knees and get my hands dirty and my face dirty and what my brother or sister is walking through. Lord, I pray for my friend right now. If that was you that says, I want to say yes to you, Jesus, do it right now. Come into my life. Lord, I pray for my friend right now that's a believer that is dealing with just everything that's going on right now, that God, that they would be willing They'd be willing 
to allow you to speak to them in a new way, that they would quiet themselves, that they wouldn't be distracted by the noise, and they wouldn't just be listening to all of the people that are in agreement on something that maybe doesn't look like Jesus. God, I just pray that, I pray for all of us, including myself, that I would react, I would respond, I would preach, I would prophesy, I would do all of these things from a place bathed in love. And Lord, that the way we point people to you is the way we serve our brother or sister. The word even says that Jesus said it, that they're going to (laughs) know. They're going to know that you're my disciple by the way you love one another. Kindness draws people to the Father. So God bless every one of my friends right now, wherever they're at watching. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.